Welcome back to Health Call Live. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just call us at 447-1190. Hey, thanks for staying with us. I'm glad you stuck around for the second half of the Health Call Radio Hour. How many times have you heard that Americans just don't move enough anymore? We have settled into a sedentary lifestyle. You may spend several hours a day in the chair at work and then follow that up at night in front of the couch for several hours. This isn't good at any age, but as you get closer to the second half of life, this take-it-easy lifestyle can really take a toll. That's why I was glad to see research into something called exercise snacks. Just like it sounds, we're talking here about short periods of activity scattered throughout your day. One study found that if every 30 minutes you stand up out of your chair repeatedly or go take a brisk two-minute walk, that's enough activity to help lower insulin demand. Okay, great, but is that enough to also help you maintain muscle mass? That's important because as we age, we just naturally lose muscle, and that loss of muscle is associated with an increased risk of illness and a number of aging-related conditions. So can these exercise snacks really make a difference? Well, the answer is yes, they can. Daniel Moore is an associate professor of muscle physiology at the University of Toronto. He's part of a team that proved yes, yes, even when you can't take a two-minute walk because of weather or just that's the way life is, you can't get outside to take a brisk two-minute walk. There are things you can do to support muscle mass. Uh, but we also want to understand, well, what if someone doesn't have the ability or the environment to, to go up for, go for a short two-minute walk? Uh, we, we reason that, well, if you can sit down, you can also stand up in your environment. And so we wanted to look at the novel aspect of incorporating uh, body weight squats. And when I say squats, it's really just we had individuals uh, rise up from their chair under their toes and sit back down. And doing this 15 times uh, was the same energy cost as going for a moderate uh, two-minute walk. And we wanted to see what happened to the muscle or how it responded to the food that we were giving people over uh, a simulated workday of seven and a half hours of otherwise uh, seated time. What we were able to do, though, is that uh, in the, uh, the, the protein that the people were eating, we added what is known as a stable isotope. Uh, and this is an amino acid building block that is a little bit heavier than those that are normally found uh, in the food that we eat. And so we're able to track where it goes in the body. And through uh, taking uh, small samples of muscle, we're able to determine whether or not uh, the amino acid that they ate uh, at their mouth ended up in their muscle. And if it did, we know, we know that it was used to help rebuild muscle, which otherwise would be fairly low if we're not being active. And we saw that both the walking snacks and the, the, the body weight squat snacks were equally effective at uh, improving the utilization of these amino acids for uh, muscle protein synthesis. And we believe that this is an important metric to look at when you're trying to find ways to optimize muscle mass and quality because in otherwise healthy individuals, so not clinical populations where there's accelerated muscle loss, how well people are able to, to build muscle in response to the food that we eat is one of the, the best metrics of whether or not they're going to be able to hang on to the muscle or gradually start to lose it. Got it. So that's pretty interesting. 
you're able to track and find out whether those exercises, just those little snacks, really did build muscle. And I think the result was pretty clear, right? I mean, it's, it's obvious that it does indeed. Yeah, and we were quite surprised at the effect size, and so it's a it's a what was a moderate to large effect size, which clinically is quite quite relevant. Okay, so uh, help help me understand how we bring that data out of the lab and and into my life. Uh, what is this really telling me, and who is it most helpful for? Well, it's I think it's most helpful for people who who are not able to to uh, for uh, maybe a attend a gym or, or be active throughout the day or who are confined to uh, situations in which they're seated for long periods of time. And an example might be with the holiday season coming, if you're, if you're going to be traveling on a plane or a long haul flight, uh, you know quite well that that's quite a bit of sedentary time. Uh, and so really we think that just breaking up uh, those sedentary periods with any time of, type of activity, whether it be going for a walk uh, doing some sit to squats. Um, I've heard people who are interested in doing some jumping jacks or uh, push-ups. I mean, those are a bit more aggressive, but certainly any muscle that you're able to use is going to uh, uh, obtain this benefit of being able to use the food that we eat more efficiently. So, uh, and you set it up so that I'm I have a little timer and alarm. I'm getting up every so often, right? That's easier to do now than ever with our smartphones having a timer right there. Um, and you know, is, is it as simple as just as we're seeing here on the screen, uh, just, uh, getting up, stretching any kind of activity at all, or does it have to be something strenuous? Yeah, sir. I don't think it needs to be strenuous at all. Um, our walking was a very moderate pace. Uh, I think what, what need, what we need to focus on though, is ensuring that, that we're using the muscle and we're, we're contracting it. And so while stretching might be good for, for posture relaxation, uh, this is an example here on the screen of the push-ups that uh, they're being active with that muscle. And it's that the contraction of the muscle we think that is important. It helps move the blood uh, through the tissue. And if that blood is carrying the amino acids that we just ate, then they're going to be able to be used by the muscle. Uh, so it's really just finding ways that we can we can um, you know, use it. And the old adage, if you don't use it, you lose it. This is an, an example of that, I think. What is there about a, I know that you chose a squat because it's something you can do anywhere, right? Stand up, sit down, that's essentially a squat. But is there something about this exercise that's particularly helpful? Well, it's a very functional exercise. And so, um, you know, individuals who, who may be aging or, or having a harder time uh, navigating their environment, certainly you want to be able to, 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 to be able to stand up from a seated position. And and that's one of the functional tests that, that we use to determine uh, someone's frailty score. And so having difficulty getting up from a chair and, and walking is, is one way that we can score how, how functional older adults are or, or individuals in general. Uh, but the other point, I think, is that, you know, we carry most of our muscle mass, about 60% in our legs. Uh, and so if we're able to use our legs, then we're using more of the muscle in our body. And that's certainly going to be important for clearing the sugar from our blood, uh, but also maintaining uh, most of the muscle that we carry from a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So as I am, I, I like to think of my program, my audience as being, you know, probably in the 45 plus range. Uh, and so as you get to my age, which is substantially beyond that, 
uh, it's tough to add muscle. So what's happening there? Why does that make it so hard? And what, why is it so important? Well, I mean, that's a great question. And that's, that's a, that's a big one to unpack. There, there are uh, age related changes in the muscle that, that make it more difficult for us uh, to gain muscle as we age. And it could also be related to uh, changes in, in the hormones circulating in our bloodstream. Uh, but, but certainly, uh, you know, at any age, we're able to, to gain muscle. Uh, and I think that's an important point is it doesn't matter uh, whether uh, you are young or old or, or active, inactive, we all have the capacity to build muscle. And it's really just providing a stimulus or, uh, to the muscle that's uh, greater than what it normally encounters throughout the day. And that's going to be uh, uh, the signal for, for, uh, for muscle to grow. So, you know, we, we, we do find it harder as we age, but we can still gain that muscle. And I, I think it's important for people just to stay active uh, and, and certainly we, you know, there's a lot of research uh, looking at even just walking, uh, is, is effective. Certainly you can't build muscle just by walking, uh, but you can hang on to the muscle that you do have. Uh, and, you know, 8,000 steps per day is a fairly good target for uh, older adults. And, and we see that as being around the threshold at which, uh, disease risk reduction is maximized and all cause mortality is, is is minimized. So um, it's simply just finding ways to walk. And I think our, our study also uh, shows that maybe how you spread it throughout the day is important. And maybe it's not as much as every half hour. Maybe we can see the same benefit with every hour, but certainly accumulating those steps and trying to minimize the, the time at which we're, we're, we're seated for prolonged periods is going to be um, a, a, good, a good low bar to, to finding ways to, to hang on to the muscle that we do have. Again, that is Dan Moore from the University of Toronto. He just used an important phrase. Did you hear it? All-cause mortality. That means death from any reason. And there is clear evidence that the loss of muscle mass increases all-cause mortality. Also, a loss of mass, strength, and function is a fundamental cause and contributor to disability in older people. So stay tuned and we'll talk with Dan about what part of our body is most important to maintain, what foods to think about eating, and more info about this idea of exercise snacking. We do it all right here on the Health Call Radio Hour on WoWo. This is Health Call Live. We're glad you're listening, but don't be afraid to call and ask your question on the air. It's free, non-invasive, and best of all, you don't have to wear an exam gown. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. This half hour, we are taking a look at the value of exercise snacking. That's brief periods of exercise scattered throughout your day to maintain muscle mass and control blood sugar. Study after study shows we can reduce the risk of early death and improve our quality of life as we age with 30 to 40 minutes of activity per day. The University of Toronto's Dan Moore was part of research that proved you don't really need an all-out sweat fest to just maintain the muscle mass you have and that exercise snacking really can help. The key is your body wants to move. Our modern trapped-at-the-desk, stuck-behind-the-wheel-on-the-road-or-lounge-on-the-couch lifestyle just isn't natural. You know, really look at how we evolved as a species, and we didn't really, we never had this environment where we had 
food readily available and the 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 reason to to be active so so low so um a lot of uh researchers trying to look at well this is really being active is the default position and and being inactive is now leading towards that disease state because it's something that you know, we never did as a species as we evolved. You are echoing what a cardiologist recently told me. His claim is that our bodies are just confused. Um, never in our evolutionary history have we had so much food around us, such high-dense calorie foods, and have we ever moved so little. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As you get older, does it matter what muscle I ought to be concentrating on, upper body, lower body? Um, in general, I'd say no. I think you want to make sure that you, you have uh, whole body muscle mass and it's all, uh, you know, functional. Um, but certainly, you know, the legs are important. As we spoke about, that's where we carry most of the muscle in our body. And it's going to be a good metabolic engine to, and, and a, a spot where we can put the glucose from, from our food. We can clear it more efficiently. So making sure we have uh, leg muscle mass is important for navigating our environment, getting up off the chair, moving upstairs, um, and playing, playing, playing with the grandkids, uh, as an example. Uh, but we also see that, that grip strength is, is tightly regulated with um, uh, all-cause mortality as you age. And, and so, um, you know, opening a jar... Uh, for example, that that is quite dependent on on grip strength, being able to you know, carry groceries um, as well. So, you know, I don't think we need to compartmentalize on what's most important, but those are the areas where I think uh, being able to have a, a strong grip and, and strong legs are are probably a good a good starting point. And you know, I'm I'm not a biomechanist, but certainly being able to to keep yourself upright through a strong core is going to be very important as well. Does it matter what type of protein I'm eating as I get older? Uh, I know my, you know, your digestive system shifts. You're, you don't produce as much acid to break down some foods. Are there some that are better for muscle mass when I'm getting an advanced age? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I think finding ways to make sure total protein is adequate. And, you know, we're seeing the current recommended dietary allowance, which is the low bar designed to minimize disease risk reduction is about 0.8 grams per kilogram of protein per day. Uh, we're seeing that that actually might be increased as we age and a lot of uh, um, consensus statements uh, focused on, on uh, aging health are recommending about 1.2 grams per kilogram per day. So uh, about 60% more than the current RDA. Uh, and, and I think that is the first bar to try and reach. Um, if you're talking about protein quality, it seems that um, proteins that are, that are higher in uh, or more enriched in the essential amino acid, meaning in a building block that our body can't make and must obtain from the diet, uh, amino acid leucine uh, seem to be uh, fairly effective at turning on this process of protein synthesis, especially as we age. So um, typically that, that leans towards uh, animal-based uh, dairy-type proteins are particularly enriched. Uh, but certainly if, if that's not an option or, or a decision that people are willing to, to make, then uh, certainly meeting that, that low bar 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram body mass will be a, a really good starting point. 
So trying to get it from natural foods and, and not necessarily a, a protein supplement or protein shake or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the supplements can be something that's convenient uh, or if someone's not able to to get enough in their diet. But certainly uh, I would strongly advocate for whole foods. There's a lot of other uh, nutrients uh, that come with, with whole natural foods. And, and we're also seeing uh, in the research that we do looking at how well uh, our muscles able to rebuild after a meal that uh, there's some unidentified currently factors that that seem to allow whole foods to outperform uh, uh, isolated protein sources or, or or engineered protein sources. So we've we've recently com uh, completed a study in young adults showing that um, if they ate salmon, uh, they actually were able to build a little bit more muscle than if they ate the same uh, a quantity of protein and, and types of fat. So we re-engineered the parts of salmon and it just didn't seem to be as effective. So certainly coming back to the evolutionary piece, we evolved to eat food uh, and, and the supplements may be effective and more effective in some populations, clinical populations, but uh, certainly I would not advocate that they be a, a meal replacement. So I guess Marvin Gaye was right. They ain't nothing like the real thing. So just to recap, 82 grams of high-quality protein per day for a 150-pound person, that puts you in the ballpark. Give that exercise snacking a try, and I hope you'll visit the Health Call website at healthcall.live and let me know how it goes. We're out of time. I'll see you next You've week. been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.